0: welcome to the official copper and blue podcast i'm your host preston Hodgkinson uh with a very special edition of the podcast uh joining me is uh sorry i didn't get your name actually
1: uh well it, technically it's your host's witness on uh secondcityhockey.com but
0: uh,
1: uh legally shepherd price
0: all right. So, yeah, we got your from uh, Second City Hockey here, uh, SB uh, Sister site, uh covering the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, he's going to join us to talk a little bit about the Chicago Blackhawks offseason. We're going to get around to the Duncan Keith retirement and uh, a little bit on his legacy in Chicago. And then we'll talk about the thing that is setting the city of Edmonton on fire and talk a little bit about the possibility of Patrick Kane getting traded to the Oilers. So, uh, yeah, how are you doing today, Shepard?
1: I'm doing well. It's uh, been a busy day, but, you know, it's, a, it's the summer. get yeah, a lot done sure. before hockey returns.
0: <laughs> for sure. So just to start things off here, the Chicago Blackhawks have had quite a uh, polarizing offseason and, and one that not a lot of people really understand. Um, they've uh, traded out the likes of Kirby Dock, uh, uh, Dylan Strom left, the Brink Cat is gone, and, and even Dominic Kubalik who had kind of an off year last year, but is nonetheless, uh, I think, a pretty solid player. Um, so just tell me a little bit about uh, what uh, Chicago fans are, are thinking after seeing uh, a few notable uh, subtractions from their team.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very clear that they're going through a rebuild in one um, based on the fact that they've traded, like you said, Alex to bring cat um, more so than Kirby Doc, uh, one that's going to last a while. Um, probably maybe more than five years, um, which is the usual rebuild length. Is is the expected five year plan? Um, but that's probably going to take longer because if it wasn't to take five years, Alex DeBrincat would still be good. You'd think, yeah. um, and his game is not one that's going to like ma- make him age poorly. Just like Patrick Kane's game hasn't aged poorly because it's not. It's somewhat based on speed, but he's somewhat retained. But the uh, DeBrincat is not much based on speed. It's based on his shot, and that shot. Doesn't go away, as seen by the fact that Alex Ovechkin is nearly forty years old and is still sh- scoring forty goals from his office every year.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's kind of the thing that's gotten like everyone and myself included a little bit confused. Like, it's obvious that Chicago is going through a sort of a rebuild here. Um, but guys like Kirby Doc and Alex DeBrincat, those are kind of the guys you would expect they would move forward into the the next iteration of the of the good Chicago Blackhawks. So. Um, a little bit of a puzzling move. Uh, how did Chicago fans kind of react to, to to those two, especially moving out? Was it was it the confusion that everyone else was uh, kind of looking at?
1: Uh, I think people are more confused about the Brinkat trade. The, the The Kirby Doc situation was not good for either side. I think Kirby Doc was not developing as he should. I may think maybe the Blackhawks, before hopefully Davidson took over, didn't have the best development process. Uh, and so he sort of was rushed and it eventually sort of led to a collapse of his development. And it just, it was a time for a change of pace for both sides in, the, yeah. in that situation. Okay. The Debrinkat situation, the Debrinkat situation. Um, yeah. I think the general consensus is that people are very upset with the trade return for Debring-Kat, Um especially because he's a 23 year old 40 goal scorer and you should get more than a first, a second and a third for that sort of player.
0: Yeah, no, that was uh, when that broke. I was uh, I was driving and I had to had to gather my thoughts because I thought that uh, you know a trade for Dubrinkat that to to Ottawa I was like who's going here the Stutzla who who's going here and when I heard the return I was like whoa uh, Ottawa kind of made off like bandits here. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, but, you know, it wasn't all subtractions this offseason. Um, the, the Blackhawks brought in quite quite a bit of players. Uh, Peter Morazic was uh, kind of a cap dump from uh, Toronto. But, you know, I've been one of those guys who likes Peter Morazic. Uh, so maybe that can turn out. Um, but, you know, guys like Max Dolmy, Andreas Athanasiu, Colin Blackwell, Alex Stalock, and Jack Johnson were some of the others. Um, nothing to really blow your socks off in, in that list there, but a few solid players. I think Max Domi still, uh, can be an effective forward Athanasiu had a, had a pretty decent year in, in LA. And I think Colin Blackwell is a under the radar guy in, in a bottom six role. And especially for our Blackhawks team, uh, undergoing a, a bit of a rebuild here. What was, uh, your thoughts on who they decided to bring in this offseason?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, the best name brought in you, that you listed was, at, uh, was, was Andreas to see you sort of still very fast, uh, uh, like uh, someone who can produce in a middle six forward role. Um, but it's very clear by the names that they brought in, especially Jack Johnson. They're trying to be as bad as possible. Um, Jack Johnson has not been a good hockey player in, what, seven years now?
0: Um, oh, yeah. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, despite the fact that he was a, a member of the Colorado Avalanche last year. That, that cup win is not really a reflection of his play so much as it is the reflection of maybe the best modern defenseman, in Kael Um Yeah, just it's very clear based on the signings they've made, uh, and especially in Max Domi and Andres, Andreas Afanasiu, who can be traded at the deadline very easily, um, that they're trying to be as bad as possible this season.
0: Yeah, and I think the elephant in the room when it comes to being as bad as possible uh, lies in uh, who the number one draft pick in the 2023 draft will be. Obviously, uh, I think it's Connor Bedard, and uh, no chance that he won't go number one uh, next year. Uh, we're kind of seeing a a little bit of a, a repeat of 2015, which I have plenty of uh, familiar familiarity yeah. with with uh, Connor McDavid and the Buffalo Sabers uh, willingly going out and losing games for him. Um, now. I know I'm not in a position to say this because I'm an Oilers fan. The Oilers uh, had Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid land in our laps, just two absolute generational talents of their time. Um, But I got to say, I really hope Chicago – doesn't get Bedard just because they've had all this success. I think it's time for for some other teams. They can go through a little bit of pain, right? But uh, I don't think I can be uh, uh, saying that as Oilers fan. Um, so, is is the goal this year to be as bad as possible? Within not, we know about the organization's goal to be bad and to to get that pick. But uh, among the fan base, is there a little bit of hype of just how bad this team will be because Bedard uh, could be the 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 light at the end of the tunnel?
1: I think the good news for for Blackhawks fans, but other fans of teams who are clearly tanking like the Arizona Coyotes, is that uh, Conor Bedard is not alone at the top of this draft uh, because Mishkoff is very, very good and probably as good as, maybe as good as Bedard. um, Just is is Russian, and we don't know that situation going forward. Might take him a few years to get over. Um, And uh, there's other players in that top five who are very good and would probably be number ones, would probably have been number ones in uh, 2022. For example. Yeah. Um so there are good really good players. So there's plenty of players for teams to tank for. Um, I personally, with somewhat of a blackhawks bias, having grown up a Blackhawks fan, um think that the league is a better place, especially in terms of the American game, when the Blackhawks are good, when the Blackhawks, who are probably the number one fan base in America, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh have have a team have an actually contending team. And I would I think the the bad part is that even with Connor Bedard, uh, that's not going to be the case for multiple years.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And you you know, we saw that it it parallels Edmonton. Edmonton got McDavid and they were still pretty bad for a a few years. So one player does not a team make, um, but uh, Bedard would be quite a, quite a crazy addition, especially if the, the club is moving on from some more of their legacy players. We saw Keith, uh, leave the team last year. And then potentially Taze and Kane are on their way out um, fairly soon. I think it's safe to say if uh, they don't want to stick around on a, on a rebuilding team. All right. So that was the off season that the Blackhawks Hawk, Black Blackhawks had um, let's move on to dunking Keith. And uh, I'll uh, be completely honest. I'm not a huge Dunkin' Keith fan. I uh, wasn't a fan of the trade last summer. I thought it was uh, the way it was kind of overpaying for a very expensive contract. Um, luckily he retired after one year of that contract, giving them a little bit more flexibility. Um, but I'd be remiss to, to not mention just how much of a legacy he left behind in Chicago, um, winning three cups there. I believe he won a Smythe in there as well. He was essential to the team in all three of those runs. Um, when that news came out, um, there's, there's, there had to be a ton of feelings going through the. The minds of uh, uh, Hawks fans. So, just tell me a little bit about uh, Duncan Keith and his uh, uh, legacy. Yeah,
1: initially because of the last year for the Blackhawks in terms of on ice, but also off ice stuff, the Duncan Keith situation was a little bit awkward. Um, he didn't react the best to the investigation. Yeah, um, that's an important thing to note. But also. Oh, yes. Uh, Duncan Keith is also a legend And uh, arguably the most important Blackhawk For those three cups um, Spent our, our inarguably the most time on ice Besides the goaltending um, And that switched For between Cup 1 and Cup 2 um, Yeah just our, like One one of the Blackhawks Biggest players of all time um, Two is going to be re- retired uh, In an instant for him um, with The recapture penalty Is not a thought in, in Blackhawks' fans' minds Are really... <laughs> Um, we're just glad he's, he's done uh, And now can come back And be a mem- member of the organization um, And yeah, thank you we, I think the, the city of Chicago And, and Black Fox fans Oh, Edmonton and Edmonton fans a Thank you for that overpay Because it <laughs> definitely was an overpay for that contract um, So thank you for, the, for, for A, giving him a chance to retire Where he wanted to re- retire But also, thanks for actually giving us something in return Because <laughs> we Oh, well, you can I was the you, person who thought we would have to give up something.
0: Yeah, you can thank Ken Holland for that. Uh, I had plenty, plenty of thoughts about uh, the no retention on that deal. But, you know, in the end, he retired and uh, we got one year of uh, a little bit more flexibility. Um, yeah. And hey, speaking of which, uh, I, I heard Caleb Jones uh, re-signed over in uh, Chicago. Uh, how was his first season with the Hawks?
1: Oh, this is the part that might ruin the thank you. <laughs> Why did you have to send us Caleb Jones? Caleb Jones is not a very good hockey player. Okay. Uh, we at Second City Hockey have had have, have, have had numerous complaints about his play um, over the, the course of uh, the season. It feels like every 10 games he plays, he has one good game. Um, Interesting, and that might, okay. That might be the same thoughts that y'all have had, uh, that he is very inconsistent and... If it wasn't to appease his brother, he probably would not still be on this team.
0: <laughs> that's that's very interesting because I know um, a lot of Oiler fans had a uh, uh, pretty high high hopes for Caleb Jones, even even like just before the trade. I know I, I wasn't too big of a fan of giving up on a young player that that soon, especially in a trade like that. So um, to hear he's struggling, um, I guess it softens the blow a little bit for the trade. Yeah. <laughs> At least and the, the goodness uh, is, yeah. So the good news they, is twenty five is not too young,
1: so I don't think y'all y'all missed out on that much potential.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe it was more just not wanting Duncan Keith, but uh, hey, whatever. Huh. Uh, it is what it is. Um, I understand. I understand that based on, <laughs> on those last
1: years of Chicago.
0: Yeah, but yeah, no, no doubt that Duncan Keith will will most assuredly have his number retired in um in Chicago. He's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and him Should retiring be. actually gave uh, Evan Bouchard, our hopefully uh, next best defenseman here at Edmonton, the chance to wear his uh, number two. So uh, there's some good things that came out of it for Edmonton, I suppose. Um, yeah, uh, all right? get to
1: wear that number two without giving up a Rolex
0: yeah for sure um now we go into the the topic that that absolutely everybody is talking about here at Edmonton um one media member here in the city actually wrote some fan fiction about a conversation between Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane that could potentially convince Kane to come to Edmonton it's it's really getting ridiculous here at Edmonton with (laughs) Patrick Kane speculation um When you hear about all this speculation, especially for a player of the caliber of uh, Patrick Kane, um, the team that's on the receiving end is going to lose their minds because Patrick Kane is a fantastic hockey player. But we're not really hearing about what uh, Chicago fans are hearing about this. Um, It's obviously a different situation than Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith kind of fell off in his last few years in Chicago but that hasn't been the case for Patrick Kane. I think he's had just this last season was one of his best seasons to date on a pretty uh, horrid team. So uh, what's Chicago fans thinking about the possibility of uh, trading or trading Patrick Kane, um, not just to Edmonton, but to, to anywhere?
1: Yeah, I think again, it's a very split uh, fan base on that. Um, for the first part, uh, Kane don't, leaving would. Uh, help accomplish the goal of being as bad as possible, because if anybody's going to stop the Blackhawks from being bad as possible this season, it's Patrick Kane. Um, Absolutely. And uh, on the other part, it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's seeing another franchise legend to go. Um, one that, one that uh, has had some controversy, sure, but is sort of, again, beloved because he's the best scorer of the last 10 years for the Blackhawks and one of the best wings in hockey for much of the last decade, um, decade plus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there's yeah there's sort of two halves and two parts of the fan base, um, one that's ready I think for him to for him to go and one that doesn't just doesn't want to let go of the past.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and you know, uh, not to draw more comparisons, but like uh, Edmonton's had uh, plenty of experience with a. Uh, uh, great players who's played, played a long time with the club and they've had to ship them off. You know, I wasn't around, but you know, you had guys in the 80s after Gretzky, Messier, Curry. It was a mass exodus um, out of Edmonton. And we could very much uh, have already started seeing the, the start of that in Chicago here. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, one of the things I also see a lot when people in Edmonton are discussing uh, Patrick Kane potentially being traded to Edmonton is the fact that, um, oh, well, Patrick Kane doesn't have it. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's over his prime. He's, he's not as good as he once was. And, and I, I asked to those people, are you even watching this player? Like he's still a fantastic hockey player. Um, so a simple question here. I think we all know the answer. Does Patrick Kane still have it? As a, oh, as for a sure.
1: For, for sure. He is definitely still this, not, Maybe not the uh, playoff, the playoff heartbreaker he may have once was. Maybe because mostly he just hasn't been in the playoffs to show that. Um, But he is for sure still that dynamic second line player that if you put him with the right situation, he's gonna score eighty to ninety points for you. He's like his game is one that has aged very well. Um, And does he play defense? And is that a problem? Yeah but that's the same situation that's been going on since he was 18 years old. They um, just, they never thought of defense. Well, uh,
0: and my counter to that is when you have a team with Patrick Kane, Carr, McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, do you, do you need to play defense? <laughs> no,
1: if you, if you can outscore, if you can outscore f- uh, the teams five, four consistently, especially with Jack Campbell back there now, um, yeah. that's a, that's not, that's not a bad strategy. It's a good one. Who's sure. to say, <laughs>
0: Um, Yeah, so Patrick Kane, he had 26 goals, 66 uh, assists last year in 78 games for 92 points. And uh, that's among one of his best totals. If I'm looking here, I think, yeah, it's his third best season and he's played over a thousand hockey games. So it's a pretty safe bet that if if Kane would be traded to a team like Edmonton with the type of offensive stars that are already in place, uh, you might expect that to go even higher than that. Um, So for sure. There's, there's no doubt in, in anyone's or our minds, I guess that that Patrick Kane is a declining hockey player. Um, um so a trade for Patrick Kane is obviously it's a, l- a little confusing right now because we just saw Chicago trade out Debrinkat for kind of an underwhelming return. Uh, Kirby Doc was, uh, you know, he wasn't working out there, but you still expect a prospect like that to, uh, with that type of pedigree to get a little bit more, I think, too. Uh, So it looks like Chicago is kind of selling uh, low on some of their high-end players. So um, if a trade were to occur, and I know lots of Oilers fans have put out uh, trade proposals out there, um, but you know how that goes. It's often skewed toward the Oilers, right? So uh, if you were to put together a potential trade for Patrick Kane to come to Edmonton, what are some of the things you would be looking for? I'm going to put you in the armchair GM spot here for the Blackhawks. Okay. Uh,
1: well, I think first of all, Davidson's in da- in Kyle Davidson's mind, uh, the DeRinca trade r- return was not good and was not reacted to favorably. So he probably knows that he's on the, the ice is thinning underneath him with Blackhawks fans already. He has, if he's on a trade Patrick Kane, he has to get a really good return. Um, yeah. And uh, especially because this is a- again, this is a guy who's going to get a statue outside the building um, with the- with the likes of, Jordan- of Michael Jordan. Who also have a statue like outside United Center? That's that's big name territory. Yes. Um, so that's I think that's something you have to factor in. The second part is um, to get Patrick Kane. You also there's there's sort of two sides to the trade. There's the side that you have to convince the Blackhawks into the trade. There's the side that you have to convince Patrick Kane into the trade because Patrick Kane is a famously has a no no movement clause. Um, I'll start there. Uh, y'all need to like I think you would have y'all would have to guarantee him that he'd. Play with McDavid or Dreisaitl And that he would not end up on the third line um, well,
0: I think that's a You know, I, I've had my Quips with the Oilers, but I think it's, it's A solid done deal that if Patrick Kames come, Comes here, he's with one of those guys We're not plopping yeah. him with uh, Ryan McLeod On the third line or anything like that
1: I think that's the, the good news then Is that I think it, it, it'd be possible If, you, if, if y'all if you just say to him, okay If you come here and you accept You, you waive your no movement, we will let you Play with McDavid this season I think that's a very easy selling point uh, for most players, um, especially someone like Patrick Kane has done basically everything, just has never truly had that like elite center, like the, the best player in a hockey center, as, as, as much as we like to say that in like 2014, Jonathan Davis was the best player in hockey. It just wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even back then, Davis wasn't playing that much with Kane, except in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's a selling point. For Kane. Uh to get the Blackhawks to sign on, um, you 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 talked about Evan Bouchard. I think the conversation has to start, at least from where I'm sitting, with one of Bouchard or Broberg um coming the Blackhawks way. They need defensive help more than anything else. Uh as they start this rebuild, especially because again, at the top of the next year's draft, which are they don't have their first round pick again very like there's a lot of good forwards up there. Um, But they don't have a number one D man for the future right now. Um, Even in the near term future. Uh, I
0: can can tell you right now, Bouchard is that's a, that would be a hard sell um, for, for myself included um, especially considering um, that Patrick Kane only has one year left on his contract. So if you trade a guy like Bouchard, you create a massive hole on the, on the Oilers. You do get Patrick Kane, who's very good but uh, you yeah, don't have any guarantee that he stays. like That that right. makes next year the year you have to win it. And it's, it's a, a little bit of a hard sell. I could definitely see Broberg being involved in the deal. Um, but yeah, Bouchard would be a hard one for, for me especially. Yeah.
1: If the Blackhawks are able to be talked out of one of those two, then I think it's a first. Um, either next year's first or the second or two years first. Uh, Dylan Holloway. And uh, probably a second that turns into a first if Patrick Kane resigns.
0: Okay. Dylan Hall is another guy that I really like. But, you know, in um, and, and the first round pick, if, if, if uh, the Whalers trade that, uh, Chicago should feel special because I think Edmonton's one of the only teams in the last, God, I can't say 10 years, that has not traded their first. So that would be a, a first in quite a while for, for the organization. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, y'all keep drafting high. So it makes sense that y'all keep it. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no, I think, of course, any trade with Patrick for Patrick Kane would uh, start with uh, a first round pick. I think that's mm-hmm. obvious. Um, he's a fantastic player and you don't get those players without giving up uh, some significant draft capital. Um and yeah, Broberg or Holloway are two fantastic prospects. I know Broberg had a, a few games here in the NHL. I believe he had around 20-25 um, when we hit some some bad injuries halfway through the year, and he showed very well as a as a young player, um, despite a lot of Oiler fans being a little confused with us taking him that high when a certain uh, NHL 23 cover athlete was uh, on the board. Um, But anyways, um, yeah, uh, two good prospects there, I think. uh, And either one of them would be uh, a pretty interesting addition um, to that trade. I'm curious here, um, and this is not me saying the Oilers should trade him. um, Is there much interest um, uh, in a guy like Yessi pudi who has had trade rumors just swirling around him all summer long? I
1: think as part of a trade, as, as like a throw into the trade, yes. I, I think, you yes, you pull your RV. He's not getting the credit he deserves right now. Oh, absolutely. And, um, no, like, uh, he's a, he's very much a good player and young still. It's just that no GM is sort of looking at the metrics enough to sort of see the fact that he's very good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're just looking at, like, his, his scoring numbers, especially as someone who he got time with mcdavid right
0: oh yeah he played yeah. a significant portion of the regular season um on mcdavid's line got injured had covid second half of the season wasn't as impressive and he was kind of relegated into a third line role as the playoffs progressed so um lots of hope that he can return to form and uh, play in that top six and you know it would make sense if there was a bringing in patrick kane that bumps everyone on the right wing uh, depth chart uh down and maybe that uh uh prompts the Oilers to throw in rv and say well we got Kane now so um yeah I, I just think
1: RV might not fit into the Blackhawks timeline but he's definitely somebody the Blackhawks can then trade again for a return
0: yeah for sure awesome well um this isn't a long episode of the podcast but uh, uh we covered uh kind of all the topics I, I wanted to get to you with so thank you very much uh for for coming onto the pod and talking a little bit of hockey uh I know there's going to be lots of Oilers fans out there that uh, are just craving to hear more about Patrick Kane. So I hope we uh, sated that appetite. Um, just, uh, yeah, where can uh, hockey fans find you?
1: Uh, SecondCityHockey.com, uh, at Jehoshis Witness, no apostrophe. Uh, that's what I got going on.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And I uh, uh, look forward, maybe we'll touch base during the season. And uh, we'll definitely be touching base again if uh, Patrick Kane finds his way to the Oilers. Oh, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.